shout out to all of our radio affiliates kicking it in the late night hours uh, with us as the countdown is on. The National Football League Final Four is set. And what a Final Four it is. What a playoffs it has been. And you look at what these teams have had to do to get to where they are uh, right now. You look at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Josh Allen never won a playoff game before. Beats uh, Phillip Rivers in the playoffs. Uh, beats a former MVP in Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. Now has to take on an MVP and you know, a quarterback that people think is one of the best ever already and a Super Bowl champion in Patrick Mahomes. Um, you look at uh, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is injured right now. He's going to have to play through pain, come back from the injury. Even if he wins this game against the Buffalo Bills, Mahomes isn't going up against Jimmy Garoppolo uh, this time. Whatever the Super Bowl matchup uh, is, it's super wicked awesome. All right, it is. And whoever wins is going to super, like, really, really earn it. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at the Buffalo Bills situation. If the Bills, Bills, like, need to beat Mahomes, and then they would either play Aaron Rodgers at the Green Bay Packers, who is a legend in the making, um, or the legend himself, Tom Brady, who would be playing in his 10th freaking Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, if they play against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the game is in Tampa on his home field. Like, you can't make that stuff up. Like, whatever the Super Bowl matchup is, it's going to be really, really cool. You know, that, that's, you know that, that's one thing. And I say this as a Buffalo Bill fan, yet, you know, as a Buffalo Bill fan, it's been a rough ride uh, over the years. It's been fun, you know what I mean? We love our football team to death. It's been fun, but it's been a rough ride. And it's one of these deals where the season is a success now. The season is a success if you're the Buffalo Bills. I know there's still work to do, but if you wouldn't have done what you've done, you've won two playoff games, you you know what I mean? You're knocking on the door right now. There'll be no shame in losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. All right? The Kansas City Chiefs are a damn good football team. They're defending Super Bowl champions and the Super Bowl favorites. So the Bills are sort of playing with house money right now. Um, They're going to have to play better. Uh, than they have. Now, I'll tell you what, there are Super Bowl odds that are uh, popping up in Las Vegas. Chiefs versus the Packers, the Chiefs minus one and a half. Chiefs versus the Bucks, Chiefs minus two and a half. Packers minus two versus the Bills, Buccaneers and Bills, hit them. Bring it. Remember, you can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, satellite, or the internet. To make it any easier, we'd have to move in with you. And nobody wants that. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Don't think of us as just sports talk. Think of us as a full immersion crash course in sports news you can use. You listen, you learn. Get the winning edge. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. The Sports Grid Radio Network. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Late night anger management class. We're throwing it down the Monday night uh, meltdown. Right, we'll go to the pipelines uh, in a moment. I believe we got Kevin in Chicago who's going to step up and then 
Um, we were talking about the Bears earlier. And I, I think that was the greatest defense of all time. Everything is debatable. Everything is debatable, uh, obviously. All right, so uh, we got more football talk coming up on the show. And I tell you what, we got a great guest a little bit uh, later on. And uh, Brent Soblowski uh, kicking it uh, with us, uh, Bleacher Report. So as I mentioned, there's numbers popping up for the Super Bowl in Las Vegas uh, right now. Chiefs are minus one and a half if they play the Packers. So whatever the Super Bowl is, we were saying it's going to be a wicked matchup. And whatever the Super Bowl is, obviously the odds indicate this. Nobody's a big favorite. The Chiefs would be one and a half point favorites over the Packers. The Chiefs would be two and a half point favorites over the Buccaneers. The Packers would be two point favorites over the Buffalo Bills. And the Buccaneers and the Bills are a pick em. And I'm not saying would be. You could bet this right now. And it's funny, Paul Bovey brought up South Point uh, earlier. Uh, but I believe uh, South Point is taking bets right now. So basically, you can bet on any of these numbers right now. And next week, like once the matchups are made, if the matchup doesn't happen, the ticket is void. Right? If not, it'll say on the ticket. If not, you know, whatever, ticket is void. But you can get in on that. Uh, right now. So Chiefs minus one and a half versus the Packers. Chiefs minus two and a half versus the Bucks. Packers minus two versus the Bills. And Bucks and Bills are a pick em. I get the feeling that these numbers, like they would change if it actually happened. If the Buccaneers and the Bills played in Tampa and it was the Bills versus Tom Brady, there's no way it'd be a pick em. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be favorites. If it's the Green Bay Packers versus the Bills, the Packers will be more than two. It'll go up. People like, they're not going to take Josh Allen against Aaron Rodgers in a Super Bowl. And then the Chiefs and the Bucks is interesting, but I got to believe the Chiefs would go up to two, more than two and a half against the Bucks. And, you know, if you're the NFL, what do you want? If you're the NFL, you can't lose right now. You get Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers or Mahomes versus Tom Brady. That's great. Really, the Bills are the one that they wouldn't want in this, right? <laughs> like, like... You know what I mean? Like, the, it's Josh Allen and the Bills, right? The Bills are going to be in tough. Like, if there's any close calls, we'll be. I'm interested to see who the referee is going to be this week in this game. Uh, but if there's any close calls, I'll tell you what, the Bills aren't going to get it. All right. I thought we had Big Card Julio. Big Card Julio was on hold the other night, but uh, we lost him. Is Kevin in Chicago uh, with us, uh, Matias? Kevin in Chicago steps up and in. Unfortunately, the Ram season is done, Kevin. Kevin in Chicago. What's up, Kevin? Gabe, how you doing? Always a pleasure. Big time. Um, so, yeah, the Rams are out. Not not surprising, but I will say this. I, I've been harping on Patrick Mahomes being overrated for forever now. And when I say he's overrated, I'm not saying he sucks. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. I think he's a great quarterback. But the way people who rated him talked about him, acting like he's one of the greatest talents we've ever seen, and, oh, he's the best quarterback in the league. And when I saw that backup, Chad Henney, never heard of him in my life, going there, ice the game, running, getting picking up 15-yard first downs, throwing down the middle to um, Travis Kelsey, that big play to Tyreek Hill to ice it. I was like, you put Chad Henney on any other team in the NFL, he's going three and out, three and out. But when you got Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, um, 
and the gang of talent on that team, a guy like Chad Henney can win the game for you and ice it. And that's why I've always said uh, Patrick Mahomes is overrated. Just because but there's one thing, Kevin. Stack. They are stacked, but there's think? one thing. There's one thing for Henny to hang on to the lead, and there's another thing for Henny to actually go out there and win the football game, right? Like they'd, they'd be screwed if Henny. Like I don't think they. If Henny plays, I think the Bills will beat him. But it's not a guarantee. The Bills could lose to Chad Henny. Like I'm not saying, oh, the Bills no way they would lose if Chad Henny plays. You know, but I one thing I'll agree with you with is. Mahomes has already been elevated into that. Some people call him the greatest quarterback ever already. And, I mean, come on. He's won one Super Bowl. I mean, look at Tom Brady. He's about to play in his 10th Super Bowl, potentially, Kevin, right? So that's, that's my take. We do over-elevate. I, I've talked about this. We do over-elevate uh, people too quickly. But Mahomes is just so damn good. But I'm with you. And look, look at Aaron Rodgers, Kevin. Aaron Rodgers is awesome. Aaron Rodgers has as many Super Bowl wins as Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson, right? The guy still only won one Super Bowl. It's funny how we hold lack of wins against some players, but some other guys only win once, and we anoint them the greatest anyways already too, Kevin. I will agree with you with that. Yeah, another point is, you're not talking about that defense, that Kansas City defense. You were saying, like, their, their offense only scored 20 points in the past six weeks or whatever it was. Their defense, no one talks about it, and they're just constantly shut teams down, holding them to low-scoring drives. So Kansas City team is just a well-oiled machine. I think you put seven or eight quarterbacks on the team, and they do very well regardless. Um, that's why I'm saying Patrick Mahomes. not saying he's not a great quarterback. I just think he's overrated. But I'll leave it to it, Gabe. Take it easy. There's Kevin in Chicago. Not scared to step up with a take. Oh, you got to love Kevin Matias. Kevin defends Jared Goff and bashes Mahomes. <laughs> I like his style. He's like, oh, here. Oh, here, Kevin. And you know what? He didn't bring Goff up. Listen, that wasn't Goff's fault that they lost, all right? That wasn't Goff's fault that they lost um, to the Packers. It was Jalen Ramsey's fault. The radio world needs more people like Kevin, man. Those are some hot, hot takes. <laughs> I like that. I like that. He's like, yeah. I, you know what? I My only deal is, I, I can't lie. I've said it before, where even earlier this year, they said, ah, oh, the greatest quarterback ever, Chris Collins was going off. I'm like, come on, man. The guy's been in the league for three years. Let's chill out here, right? Let, let's, let's ease up on the greatest quarterback ever thing. But Mahomes really is a stud, right? He's like... I get what Kevin's saying in a sense. He's right. KC would be good with other quarterbacks, but look at put it this way. Andy Reid, Andy Reid has been in the league a long time. And Andy Reid has won a hell of a lot of football games, all right? You know there's only two teams to play in three straight like uh, like this. And Andy Reid, so to these conference championship games. So it was six of them, whatever Andy Reid. I, you know, I'll get to the record that he set. So, look, Andy Reid's won a million games before in his career, guys. He's been to a Super Bowl before. He didn't win, right? He needed Mahomes. Like, you know what I mean? Mahomes and Reid is that combo together. I would argue, I, I would say this, like, they need each other. Like, they, they, you know what I mean? In a sense, like, if Mahomes would have went, let's say Mahomes is on, let's say, uh, let's let's use this as an example. If, if Deshaun Watson... If Deshaun Watson is on the Kansas City Chiefs and Mahomes ended up getting drafted by the Houston Texans, is Mahomes' career the same if Bill O'Brien was his coach? 
No. You know what I mean? Time and place, the team that you're on is massive. It doesn't take anything away from the player. Doesn't take anything away, but you know what I'm saying? Like, would the Chiefs suck if Deshaun Watson was their quarterback? No. You know what I mean? Deshaun Watson won a national championship. He's played in big games, right? Mahomes didn't, right? Like, where, who you're drafted, it's almost like in real life, where you're born, you know what I mean? What country, what neighborhood, uh, et cetera. So there, there is something to that. I can't, I can't deny that part. But uh, the fact is, you know, Mahomes is just a badass because of the angles that he throws from, and he's just so hard to get to. Mahomes' mother was unhappy with the tackle and the hit, and even Mahomes didn't have a problem with it. I didn't think it was. It was nothing dirty about it. It was a football play. Football play. I like what Bobby said earlier. This is football. If you don't like it, go play badminton. Go play badminton. The late-night anger management class continues. Bring it. Four hours a day, seven days a week, with the sports gaming strategies and information you won't find anywhere else. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to a different kind of sports talk. We're not just talk about sports, but talk about sports you can use. Get the winning edge. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Work. The late night anger management class continues. I am Gable Morenci. The countdown to kickoff is on. The National Football League's Final Four is set. Let's bring in. Uh, Brent Sobleski uh, right now, NFL analyst at the Bleacher Report, and uh, a man uh, that's cut from our uh, own uh, jig here. A comic book dork, scruffy-looking uh, nerf uh, herder, pro wrestling fan, uh, beer drinker. The only surprise to me out of when I read your, your Twitter uh, profile is that you, you actually managed to find a woman, considering you're a football fan, a comic <laughs> book geek, a wrestling fan, and a beer drinker. How did you do it? <laughs> I, well, we met in high school, and she didn't know any better. I was I was a star football player as a senior, and she was an underclassman, and I, I made sure I held on for dear life beyond that point, so that's exactly how it happened. Uh, it actually, was her birthday yesterday, so happy birthday, baby, for for when you don't listen to me because you never pay attention to my work. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, look, man, I, I love, I'm, that, I'm that old school renaissance man. that You grew up as a dork, but sports led you to different paths. And now we get to enjoy the NFL on a daily basis. And quite frankly, it's amazing to me that we've gotten to this point and it's been an absolute joy not only to cover it, just to watch football because of everything we've undergone as a society and a nation this season. That's a great, uh, it's a great point and very well said, uh, Brent. And, you know, Brent, I think in the modern era right now, uh, people in the media, fans, social media um, is a big part of it. But we over-elevate, we over-elevate younger players, musicians, everything's the greatest right away. And I think we take, we take people that have been around for, for a while for granted. And I was talking about this. Like, I've been critical of LeBron James over the years. He's knocked my teams out of the playoffs a lot. You know, I think, oh, he's a flopper. He's a diver. Jordan's better. And now I realize, I'm like, damn, man, 
It's been like 17, 18 years, man, and this guy shows up every night. <laughs> and he plays like 35, 40 minutes every night. And being a Buffalo Bill fan, nobody's disliked Tom Brady as much as I have. But I got to take a step back and go, damn, what a ride, what an accomplishment, what a career. And very similar situation for Drew Brees. But let me start off with Drew. Just it's kind of sad and a little anticlimactic, isn't it, that he had to walk off in the way that he did without fans. It's one thing losing, but without fans and the proper walk off, I kind of felt bad for the situation. Yeah, it's one of those things where you wish that one of the all-time greats had an opportunity to walk out on on his own volition. Um, and in this case, it would have been a Super Bowl. Uh, championship his second in his career and obviously didn't work out that way but it's one of those things and I always remember this was a great quote years ago by Mark Slareth that said I'm going to continue to play football until I can anymore, and then I'll play five more years. And <laughs> there's so many guys with that mentality <laughs> that even when they don't have that physical ability, they think they still can compete at a high level. And while it's there mentally, and that's absolutely the case for someone like Drew Brees or even like Peyton Manning late in his career, that we everyone saw in that contest where his – his inability to yeah. make the types of throws to really threaten Tampa Bay's defense and open up the entire offense for the Saints. And that's why the best play of the day came from Jameis Winston. And one of the reasons behind that is that he was able to push the ball downfield, which Drew Brees wasn't. 3.9 yards per attempt. He is only under four, I believe, four times his entire career. So it just goes to show that it's just not there physically. But the the thing is, you know, this is one of the situations where we don't get to see, you know, Joe Namath not on the Jets or Joe Montana not on the 49ers. He left as basically the mayor of New Orleans, and he'll be remembered so fondly not only in that culture, in that area, but also for all of us that have been fans for a very long time. It's interesting that you bring up uh, Mark Schlereth and that quote, and I was thinking I heard Michael Strahan say yesterday that when you're – if you're a player – and you're thinking about retirement, then it's time to retire, right? Then if you're if you're thinking about it, then you sort of know deep inside that it is time. And I can't help but think of John Elway after he won the second Super Bowl. Guys were in the room after they were like, "Bro, like, come on, man, you know you, you can do this. Look, you're still playing great football." And he said, "I can play great football for a couple of games." He goes, "Guys, I can't go through the whole year again." He goes, "I just can't do it." I, I won't be able to do it. And you can just sort of tell that Drew knew. I always got the feeling that Drew, he's such a competitor. He just really wanted to. Like, if they would have won the Super Bowl last year, he probably retires then, right, Brett? I think he wanted I to agree. retire as a champion, and it's just not going to happen. And you know what? The, the thing that for so much for these guys, especially quarterbacks in NFL, it's legacy, and that they want to establish themselves not just as one of the greats, but the greatest of all time. And Drew couldn't have caught – Tom Brady and from a winning perspective and uh, you know that's a whole different conversation because I'm not a QB wins type of guy but just having those trophies and having those rings on his hand he leaves as the NFL's all-time leading passer he's the most accurate passer we've ever seen in NFL history but just having that one more championship on your resume would have would have added so much preponderance to your overall legacy and what he leaves behind him and I think what's even more interesting is not necessarily what he did because he, to me, he's an all-time top five quarterback. But at the same time, where do the Saints go without him? And that's such a huge question. It says so much about who he's been for that organization for so long. Uh, Brent uh, Soblowski uh, kicking with us from the Bleacher Report. So what is the future? And you wrote about it, and you're a great Twitter uh, follow. 
Uh, we encourage people to follow uh, Brent on uh, Twitter. Um, so what are the New Orleans Saints doing moving forward right now? There's a lot of cap uh, issues with this football team, and there's just so many quarterback question marks across the league uh, right now in this uh, this upcoming offseason. Jameis Winston's not under contract uh, with the New Orleans Saints. Is Jameis Winston going to be the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints moving forward? Is it going to be Hill? How do you think this plays out, Brent? Well, obviously, there's a fascination with Taysom Hill uh, from Sean Payton. No one can deny it. Even Coach Payton can't at this juncture. And we saw him start this year. And he was he was capable in, in that role. Although, as I wrote, uh, based on what we've seen this year, he limits the offense, not necessarily as an athlete, because exactly. we know how he can, he can open up certain things from uh, a mobility perspective. But he's going to restrict some of the areas from a schematic viewpoint on the way he works from the pocket or lack thereof. And that's really the question mark. Look, I, I loved, I've loved watching Taysom help dating back to BYU. He would have been one of the all-time greats at the collegiate level if his, if his, if his career wasn't just destroyed by injuries with the Cougars. And what he's done in the NFL is absolutely amazing because he has taken every opportunity put in front of him and given 110% in each role, whether it's on special teams, running back, quarterback, wide receiver, tight, whatever they asked him to do. But that does not mean you're a franchise quarterback in the NFL, even if you're paying him like one. And next year, the New Orleans, New Orleans Saints have a $6.2 million cap hit from Taysom Hill's contract today, the extension they signed this past offseason. And so that gives him an obvious edge. But with that said, if you can bring back a Jameis Winston, a former number one overall pick, a former league leader in passing yardage, someone that's still only 27 years old that took this year and basically spent it just learning from Drew Brees and learning the system and getting accustomed to Sean Payton. And you can bring him back on a relatively uh, cheap deal, and that's based on the quarterback market overall, and allow him to compete for that starting job. I believe he wins it outright because he's the guy that can do the most within the offense. He may not be able to do some of the things Taysom Hill can, and you can still implement those in sub-packages, within that offense. But if you want the best quarterback play based on the options you currently have on your roster, you re-sign Jameis Winston and move forward with him because what are your alternatives? You're not going to go out and sign a big-name quarterback. You don't have the money. You are deep, deep in the red next year based on the $175 million salary cap that's been proposed between the NFLPA and ownership. So unless you can potentially pull off a deal like, well, let's, let's say, for example, Sam Darnold, if the New York Jets decide to go with a quarterback near the top of the of the draft, then your options are limited. And the best case scenario to at least keep things cohesive through this transition away from Drew Brees is having Hill and bringing back Winston, allowing them to compete. And to my, in my opinion, I believe Winston's the better option moving forward. I got to tell you, I love to argue uh, with our guests, but I can't. I agree with everything you're saying. <laughs> I agree with everything you're saying. And you're right. Listen, Winston, you know, Winston played for, for the million dollars uh, this year, 950K or whatever. That's not going to happen again. But he also knows, and I don't think Winston's going to be looking for, for 20 million, 25 million, et cetera, because he's got to get back on the field. He can make money. He can make big money again. He's just got to get back on the field. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, what you said, you know, yesterday, their big play in the football game, it was Jameis Winston uh, that made the play. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, you know, how much more competitive would that game have been if Winston was the quarterback? If they actually had a quarterback that could throw the ball down the field. And you look at Michael Thomas, 
Michael Thomas was barely happy with Drew Brees as his quarterback. Like, as if this dude's going to be happy if Hill ends up as the guy there. But I think you're right. I think you make Winston the quarterback and you just have Hill um, in the same role uh, that he's been um, in under Drew Brees over the years. But there's a lot of quarterback questions uh, this year on the market, more so than usual, Brent. You're absolutely right. And it's multiple different spots. Whether we're discussing uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, Los Angeles Rams, Detroit Lions, Atlanta yeah. Falcons, Pittsburgh Steelers. And those are teams that have quarterbacks right now. <laughs> and they're well-paid and well-compensated <laughs> for the way they perform on the field. That's not to mention teams like Jacksonville that's going to start fresh, potentially a Jets that might start fresh, and so on and so forth. And so I, this could be as much movement as we've possibly yeah. seen at the quarterback position in years. And it's all going to start with one yeah. person. And you know who exactly who that is. That is Deshaun Watson with the Houston Texans, where there's a potentially irreparable rift between him and ownership. And anytime you reach that point and it becomes public, then there's pretty much no reached the point of no return is what I'm trying to say. And that's unfortunate because to me, Deshaun Watson is a legit franchise quarterback absolutely elite led the nfl in passing yardage this year took on a huge onus within that offensive scheme well, listen, after- hold this thought hold this thought we got to take a quick break we'll be right back sports rage late night continues the only place to turn for expert sports gaming strategies and information but we just call it the edge this is sports grid radio on sirius xm SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Football, the goal line. Baseball, home plate. Basketball, the net. Sports. That's all we ask. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. The late night Andrew Mansfield class continues. I am Gabriel Morenci. We're kicking it. Sirius XM Channel 204. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates uh, as well. Sports Grid Radio Networks. Uh, Brent Sapleski is uh, kicking with us right now from uh, the Bleacher Report. And man, we could talk football all night. So let's get back down to business right now. So we were just talking about Deshaun Watson. And, you know, he admitted on Twitter uh, somebody, uh, there was a story. I wonder what Deshaun's level of rage is right now. And he actually responded. He said 10. I don't think there is any turning back right now uh, in Houston. And I want to get your thoughts on all this coaching stuff that's going on. And Deshaun doesn't feel as though he has any input, that they don't listen to him. He's, you know, there's no turning back with ownership. It doesn't look like Eric Bieniemy is going to be the coach uh, there. So it really does look like there's no turning back. And so what about that? Is Bieniemy on the outside looking in once again? And I was quite surprised, actually, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. A lot of questions at once, but you can handle it. In which Staley gets hired last night. And Campbell, no one's talking about Campbell, Dan Campbell, uh, with Detroit. But so Staley, Staley um, is going to go from, from the Rams to the Chargers. And it looks like my guy, Brian Dable, is going to be back with Buffalo next year. You know, when you mentioned his, his, his the level is 10, Texans fans are hoping out of 100, is, is, that's okay. We can deal with that. But, <laughs> no, it's out of five. On a scale of one to five, yeah. it's 10. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, look, 
this has changed dramatically and with just within the last week because you have huge influences which has been widely reported within the Texans organization that did it basically an about face within their search for a general manager. Uh, when Jack Easterby got in owner president's Cal McNair's ear, uh, and it's the owner's decision, so I can't take that away from him. But at the same time, you hire a search firm that's six digit or six figures, and they give you a list of five candidates that they believe are best suited to take over your operation. And yet you listen to one person within the organization do change their mind completely. Don't hire any of them, even though, even though they were in negotiations to hire one of them then go and hire Nick Casario because he knows Easterby personally and they thought it was a better better fit for the organization. That's questionable. Then you do not then you do not ask your quarterback to be part of the process at all. That's also major problems along the way and I understand why Deshaun Watson would be upset. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Deshaun Watson it should have been the deciding factor in which direction they decide to go. But every franchise quarterback usually has some say or at yeah. least some input. And think into about the it, process. Brent. And I said the same thing last night. I said, listen, quarterbacks and even Aaron Rodgers didn't doesn't have input with the Green Bay Packers, obviously. But at the same point in time, Deshaun Watson also just watched them trade away DeAndre Hopkins, right? And look at all the moves yeah. that have been made. So there's, it's a little bit different. Like you said, Deshaun wasn't asking to hire people, but you know, basically, yeah. it's it's a poorly run organization, and the 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 relationship with management and players there has always been bad, right? I mean, remember going it, back to it, the it, inmates. I'm terrible. not going to let the inmates run the asylum and all that type of stuff. Let's just call it out for what it is. There's a lot of African American players that don't feel as if though. They're treated fairly. They don't like a lot of things that were said. Let's call it out for what it is, uh, Brent. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And now that feeds into what we, how we started this particular point about Eric Bieniemy. And so when Casario comes yeah. in, the first one of the very first things that they do with him as general manager, since he's now basically leading the head coach search, is request an interview with Eric Bieniemy. Now that's wonderful, and that's the right move. But why wasn't it done earlier? And that's the major question mark because. Look, I'm not saying you anyone is forced to hire B, Eric Bieniemy, but if we go three straight off seasons where, where arguably the best offensive coordinator candidate can't get a job, you have to start shifting your focus to understand why that's occurring. And some people will say, well, he doesn't interview well. Okay, well, those of us on the outside, we're never going to know truly and fully if that's the case. But I do know players that have come up publicly that say privately absolutely glow about what he's done for them not only from an on-field perspective, but just helping in their development. Second of all, then they point to Colorado. Well, that's over a decade ago, essentially. Third, yeah, yeah, he yeah. obviously has a history. There was DUIs and things of that so, such. Look, I'm not trying to throw any blame anywhere to anywhere, uh, but not all these guys are choir boys. If you look at Urban Meyer's history, for example, it's not exactly something that is clean <laughs> as a whistle when it comes to hiring a head coach. So to me, it's very difficult to think that Eric Bieniemy, as good as he is, even if he's not the primary play caller in Kansas City, which should not be the actual requirement to be a head coach because they're completely different jobs, doesn't end up a potential head coach. Now, with that said, one of the other guys that is up to that position that would be a good hire and potential calming force on the other side of the ball is Leslie Frazier. So we'll see how that progresses as it goes along. But it's very questionable what's going on in Houston. And if you look around the league, some of these some of these names that you assumed were going to be top guys, the enemy and Dayball, could be left out in the lurch. And some of the part of that reason is 
that these teams aren't willing to wait. And if you're successful, it almost hurts you. Uh, Brent Soplesky uh, joining us from the Bleacher Report. And it is amazing. You're right. With, with Biennemi, it's is it that he's from the Andy Reid coaching tree and, you know, Philadelphia while well, we just had Doug Peterson? There's always an excuse as to why you don't want to hire Biennemi. And I could even live with it if somebody said, well, listen, how great of a coordinator is he? He's got Mahomes. Andy Reid's an offensive genius to begin with. He's just sort of there. They've got Hill. They've got, um, you know, et cetera. They've, they've got Watkins. They've got Kelsey. I can sort of live with that if you really want to sell that. But then don't tell me that Dan Campbell is totally, you know what I mean? And I like Dan Campbell. And Campbell might be a good guy. But as I say, Campbell's never even been a coordinator, right? You know, quote-unquote assistant uh, coach. So, and I also wonder, too, I don't know if it's like pure racism because I don't think NFL teams don't won't hire a black coach. It seems like they don't want to hire Eric Bieniemy. You know what I'm saying, Brent? It just seems like they don't want to hire this guy. And I think a lot of it has to do with his personality. I mean, as much as I've mentioned him being helpful to his players, sometimes you have to get past a gruff exterior to realize how good of a coach someone really is. And so to your point about uh, there being a lack of experience as a coordinator, as a, specifically as a play caller, Matt LaFleur was an offense coordinator one year, and Tennessee didn't put up huge numbers. Kevin Stefanski, who's yeah. probably going to be NFL coach of the year, was offensive coordinator one year, and they didn't put up huge numbers. So that's not necessarily prerequisite you need. Where they excelled and why I believe they had done so well at the very early portions with their respective teams is because of their personality. And so if you go through this process and you don't immediately mesh with the person, teams are going to move on. And one of the things that Adrian Peterson has talked about at length, because Eric Bieniemy used to be Peterson's running backs coach in Minnesota, is Eric Bieniemy is very blunt, <laughs> very to the point, and he has no problem <laughs> telling you exactly what it is. Even if you're arguably the greatest running back of a generation, you're still not good enough in certain points. And that, to me, being demanding isn't necessarily yeah, so is negative. Bill Belichick. So is Bill exactly. Belichick, right? Bill very Marcel. blunt. Yeah. <laughs> And so as far as I think, I, you see what I'm saying? I think the way there's you're trying to sell things today against him. Yeah, there yeah, is. There's always right. an excuse it, against him. You have to sell it to fan bases. You have to sell it to season ticket owners. You have to sell it to all your uh, companies that are contributing. And, you know, and that's really what makes it difficult in today's NFL because it's absolutely true. You're not just a coach anymore. It doesn't just matter what happens on the field. You've got to be a CEO of a billion-dollar industry. And every one of these franchises are essentially billion-dollar industries. And, that, and, if you can't, and if you can't put the perfect candidate out there that may, may not fit all the requirements that you think uh, should be for a CEO type, then it's, it's a very difficult sell. And I think that's the problem, really, that the enemy is running up against. Uh, Brent Sobleski, a Bleacher Report with us. I am Gabriel Morenci, Sports Rage uh, Late Night. We're kicking it on Sirius XM 204. All right, so we've only got a couple of minutes uh, left. I wish we had more time. Really enjoyed our football uh, talk. So I am a Buffalo Bill fan. And speaking of coaches, Sean McDermott's done a great uh, job. <laughs> and it hasn't been pretty for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, they're the first team to, you know, to win a playoff game by 14 points and get, get out rushed by 120 yards. The stats aren't pretty, uh, but you know what? 
you know, I'm sure Tom Brady's not uh, giving his ring away because they only won 13-3 in the Super Bowl, right, against the Rams. So the fact is they found a way to get it done. Obviously, there's the Mahomes question marks lurking over this football game. What do you make of the Bills and the Chiefs matchup? Well, obviously, Patrick Mahomes and his health is going to be the number one story all week, and, and rightly so. Uh, people question, well, why is he in the concussion protocol if he wasn't actually concussed? Well, it, the concussion protocol extends beyond just your typical concussion symptoms. And in his case, there's actual language within the protocol that states if you, you basically, if you get up wobbly or you can't maintain your balance, you automatically yeah. are placed into the concussion pro protocol, even if it's not a concussion. In this case, he has a, a potential injury to his neck, which could affect nerve damage. So these are these are all the things that are being extremely, extremely safe and precautious. And that's really what we should want with this process, right? That's that's what uh, yeah we want to see Patrick Mahomes play in the AFC yeah. Championship game. We want to see the best player in football on the field, but we want to make sure he's healthy. But it's first. not the that's last the game of his life, right? There. Right. It's not the exactly. last game of his exactly. life. That's exactly it. People are going to think, well, it's a big game. you got to rush him back. You just signed this kid to a long-term deal. He's 24 years old, guys. We talked about it. Baker Mayfield's the oldest quarterback left in the playoffs coming into the week. Like Mahomes, it's like you're not going to sacrifice this kid's life even though it's the AFC Conference Championship game. Would you agree with me, Brent, on that? No, I agree 100%. If he doesn't get the full clearance, then you don't play him, period. And because you have bigger aspirations than just – one game. <laughs> and I know that one game leads you to the Super Bowl, which helps get you to those aspirations. But at the same time, you have a long-term investment and commitment to Patrick Mahomes. And he is the guy. And when I mean the guy, the reason we saw things change and the narrative change with the NFL this offseason when it came to social issues is because one guy put his face on a certain on a certain commercial <laughs> put together by players, yep, and it was yep. Patrick Mahomes. That's how much pull he has around the NFL now because he is the star of stars. And so <laughs> when you look at it from that perspective and understand what he means not only to that organization but the league unto itself, you do not rush this. And it's going to be amazing to me if he is on the field or if he's not on the field because Kansas City is still capable. And I know I watched that game. I'm here in Ohio, and I everyone enjoyed what happened for the Browns this year. And everyone thought that the tide was turning as soon as he went out of that game. Chad Henney has been a backup in the league a very long time. And I'm not saying he's Patrick yeah. Mahomes, and I'm not saying that he is a guy that you want starting beyond multiple different games or even in the Super Bowl. But he's capable because he's in the league. And Listen, he done Brett, it I'm a Bills knows fan. What's coming up. I'm a Bills fan, and I'm not thinking, oh, my God, if Mahomes doesn't play, I'm going to the Super Bowl. I'm not thinking that at all. <laughs> I'm thinking, man, I don't even know what they're going to call. You know McDermott's thinking the same thing. All right, what are they going to call? They're going to run the ball. They're going to change this, or will they? Andy Reid's very unpredictable. As you stated, you can't take anything for granted at this time of the year. Listen, I wish we had more time. We don't. We've got about 40 seconds. Who's going to be playing in the Super Bowl? I'm going to lean towards Chiefs and Packers because I believe they're the best two teams in football. With or without Mahomes, we know how creative Andy Reid is, and he has the cojones on fourth and one in that situation to call that play, even with Henny on the field. Man, that's who I wanted my coach leading the way to be creative, even against a really good team in the Buffalo Bills. Hey, Brent, it was great having you on. Let's do this again when we know the Super Bowl matchup. Uh, we encourage people to follow Brent on Twitter. He's a great follow. Uh, Brent Soblaski, Breacher Report, great columns as well. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us, Brent. No, thank you for having me. And everyone, enjoy the, the championship games and continue to stay safe.
Brent Sobleski throwing it down with a sudden late night anger management class. It's simple, really. Sports Grid, good. Everything else, bad. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We know things are nuts out there. You need something to depend on. That's where we come in. Coming to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. With the sports gaming strategies and information you won't find anywhere else. Depend on it. Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Quickest 180 minutes of sports talk radio tonight with no exception. Once again this evening, a great job by our crew. Thanks to Yang for chopping everything up and uh, distributing it. Uh, sounds like uh, he's a cocaine dealer. Thanks for chopping it up and distributing it. And uh, thanks for, uh, so New York, and uh, thanks to Matthias. Uh, great uh, job uh, with the production. And um, uh, we're off to a great start uh, this week. Thanks to Brett Sobleski uh, for kicking us. Great stuff uh, with Brent. I enjoyed it. Paul Povey, great story with Paul, of course. Uh, when Paul's got a great story for everything, actually. We, uh, we talked about the Met uh, situation. And uh, <laughs> Paul, Paul had a great response. If you missed it, then tune into the podcast, the replay, the video, or uh, whatever else. And thanks to George Kurtz for kicking it with us. Uh, countdown to kickoff uh, is on. It's interesting. Every time we hit refresh, as far as the weather is concerned, it keeps on getting warmer uh, for the weekend. And Kurtz, while the weather, oh, God, here we go again all week. The weather, the weather. Man, we got six-mile-an-hour winds in Green Bay and nine-mile-an-hour winds in Kansas City. You combine those two winds and 15-mile-an-hour winds uh, wouldn't be an issue. Wind is not an issue in the National Hockey League, at least when they play, um, when they don't play outdoors. You know they've got an outdoors game this year in Lake Tahoe, actually. That's going to be pretty cool. I'm looking at the NBA overnight card, and there's only two games on the board. Two games on the board on Tuesday. Oklahoma City at Denver, and Denver are laying a ton of points in this game, and they're money burners. They're 3-7 against the spread in their last 10 basketball games. And you got the Pelicans and the Utah Jazz. The Jazz are laying a six-pot overnight right now. And the Jazz are actually on a 7-3 ATS uh, run. We talked about this uh, briefly earlier. National Hockey League hockey, we're doing pretty good with the pucks. Uh, You know, we've been doing pretty good with the pucks. And we got another full slate of games tomorrow. And uh, we've got another sort of rivalry game, New York City style, New Jersey and the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. So these two teams have both played two games. They're combined 4-0 on the season. And we're going to make it 5-0. I don't think there's going to be six goals scored in this Rangers-Diablo game. Philadelphia Flyers are going to bounce back, too, after losing to the Sabres. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Remember that state championship game you played in high school? Yeah. We, we can't get over it either. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM.